Merry Christmas, everyone. A warm welcome to all of our uh, family and friends who are in town. Last night, uh, between Masses, we had a, a 4.30 Mass last night and then a 10 p.m. And you picked the right Mass. Those two were both packed. <laughs> but between Masses, I, uh, a family I'm really close with invited me out to dinner with them. And so I went, and since it was Christmas, I decided to wear my cassock. I like to wear my cassock on formal occasions. A cassock is, if you don't know, it's that long black robe um, it might look, if you've seen The Matrix, it looks a little bit like Neo. But they stole that from priests, I promise. Like, we've been wearing that for centuries. Hollywood made it, well, they copied us. <clears throat> the interesting thing about a cassock is, well, when you become a priest, you kind of just get used to being the odd man out. You make people slightly uncomfortable, but that's okay. When you wear a cassock... It's, it's just exponentially multiplied. And so last night, I met this family at this restaurant, and I walked in, and people were trying to be polite, but they just couldn't help themselves. They just were staring. And you know me. Those of you who go here normally know what I was thinking. I was thinking, they're probably all sitting at their tables going, he is way too good-looking to be a priest. <laughs> But then God maybe gave me some humility, <laughs> and I thought twice. And they probably have never seen that before. And so many people probably thought, can, they, can this be for real? I imagine it's something almost on the level of like a dinosaur walking into the room. You're just like, this doesn't happen. Who is that? And for me, I thought last night, ironically, I think that's a little bit what Christmas is like in our modern culture. Let me put it another way. Have you ever gone somewhere or met someone or been in a place that seemed to belong to a different time? I think of my grandparents' house. I love my grandparents' house. It's one of my favorite places on earth. It has its own smell. Do you remember your grandparents' house having a smell that was unique? My grandparents' house certainly has a smell. It's, it's just that smell. And I don't know what year it was, but at a certain year in history, my grandparents' house froze. And you go there today, and it still feels like whatever, I don't know what year it is, maybe like the mid-60s. And it's wonderful. It has all kinds of memories it evokes in me, but it belongs to a different time. And I think that's how our modern culture looks at our faith and at Christmas. Everyone loves it. Most people in America are still living lives where they were raised in Christian homes. But Christianity seems to be a relic of the past. It belongs to another time when people actually believed. And I think that's why it's strange when a priest walks into a restaurant in a cassock. We don't quite know what to do with it. So this morning, brothers and sisters, as we celebrate Christmas, what I want to do with you this morning is I want to reflect with you on the meaning of faith. Today is one of those days that is the foundation of our faith as Christians. 
And so many people, when they think about Christianity, and I think especially Catholicism, what they see are externals. Things priests wear, rituals, different things that seem external. But what I want to do with you today is I want to touch a little bit at the core of what our faith is about. Have you ever met a modern skeptic or maybe an atheist? I, meet, I seem to meet a fair amount of them. And they're very confident oftentimes in their disbelief. They're so confident that, that we all, that our faith is misplaced. And if you're anything like me, that can actually put you on your heels a little bit. You can sit back and think, what if I am wrong? What if all these years and all the the time I've thought, wow, Jesus Christ really is God, and all these things really happened, what if I'm wrong? I mean, think about how strange what we're celebrating today is. From an outside perspective, you have things like this star that wanders and meanders. You have wise men and angels, and it sounds like a nice fairy tale. My favorite, one of the, the daughter of this family I was with last night, she showed me an awesome t-shirt. I'm going to have to get it someday. And it says, abstinence, 99.9% effective. And it has a picture of Mary holding a baby. It's awesome. <laughs> 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 it took you guys a second to get it. <laughs> but from an outside perspective, people in our culture wonder, and it makes us wonder sometimes, It's okay for us to have those feelings and those thoughts and to say, is this real? (laughs) Did this really happen? It seems impossible. How can a modern man or woman believe that God became a child? And a doubt can creep in. What if I'm wrong? One of the nights I, I remember that this kind of thought process went through my mind was the night before I was ordained a deacon. Uh, when you are ordained a deacon is, and you're going to be a priest, that's when you make your promise of celibacy. And I remember I couldn't sleep that night. I was up all night, and I was just like, all right, God, <laughs> I'm all in tomorrow. And you think back, like, I've been in seminary six years. Is this, is this real? Because right? I'm still pretty good looking. <laughs> what if I'm wrong? <laughs> Here's the trick, brothers and sisters. These modern skeptics that we encounter sometimes much of what they say makes so much sense. They can explain so many things. They can talk about chemistry or biology. They can tell you how proteins work in your body. They can talk to you about physics and how the world operates. They're very good about telling you how. Here's the problem. And here's why it's good to be a Christian. One of a thousand, a million reasons, but a very profound one. A human being is someone who is interested in how things work, but much more fundamentally, you and I live by another question. We live by the question, 
why. And we cannot help but ask why. The question of why is the question of meaning. And the modern world cannot give that. They can teach us very interesting things about how the world works. But you and I, our hearts, our minds are never satisfied with that. What we always want to know is purpose. Is there a reason behind my life? Behind the universe? And that inevitably is the question of God. If there is no God, there is no meaning. I don't have time to give a whole philosophy of that this morning. Well, should we take a vote? No, just kidding. <laughs> if there is no God, there is no meaning. Because man cannot create his own meaning. It doesn't work that way. Here's what Pope Benedict says about this. He says, Belief is the conversion in which man discovers that he is following an illusion if he devotes himself only to the tangible. If you live your whole life pursuing the normal things that are in front of us, what you can see and touch and taste and smell, you start to become less human. Because you abandon the question of the meaning of life and the universe. This is, at the same time, the fundamental reason why belief is not demonstrable. Right? You can't put it in a test tube and prove it. Belief is an about turn. Only the man who turns about is receptive to it. And only in lifelong conversion can we discover what it means to say, I believe. You see, a person of faith is someone who looks at the world and sees meaning. With all the questions about our sufferings and diseases, with problems in the world, with sin, the Christian is the one who does not have all the answers, but is the one who knows there's a meaning behind reality. And brothers and sisters, that's why Christmas is a day of joy. Today is the day that meaning himself broke into our world. And we had lost that. He's the one who came in and reminded us that underneath everything that happens in our life is a purpose. That behind things there's a God who is love, who is truth, who is goodness. Those of you who go here on a regular basis know that I have a mildly nerdy obsession about the Greek language. The New Testament was written in Greek, and that's why. In our gospel today, we heard, In the beginning was the Word. 
In Greek, when it says the word, it's, it's logos. But logos doesn't simply mean just word. You can say rhema in Greek and, and mean that. Logos very intentionally carries a connotation of wisdom. And Pope Benedict says even could be translated as meaning. In the beginning was the meaning. When God speaks his word, he creates the world with a purpose, with a direction, with a wisdom. It's going somewhere. That's what logos means. And today at Christmas, what we celebrate is that meaning, that truth, that wisdom came to save us. Truth saves us. Goodness saves us. It breaks into our hearts and into our world. So why don't some people get this? Well, because they don't come to Lourdes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, why don't they get this? Well, we all like to pretend, don't we? We all like to pretend that the way we operate is that each of us, we're these perfectly objective, neutral human beings. And what we do is we look at the reality of the world, we see evidence, and we make decisions. If you think that about yourself, you're a liar. Nobody operates that way. Neither do I. We're not purely rational. Why don't some people see God? When they look at reality, why don't they see a meaningful, powerful, beautiful place? Well, the Gospels tell us that when Jesus came to Bethlehem, when Mary and Joseph brought, or when they came to Bethlehem, there was no room for them at the inn. We all know that story. By the way, you should all go to Bethlehem if you haven't been. And I know what you're thinking. You know, the, the Middle East is dangerous. I don't want to have it go there when it's a violent time. Go anyways. If you die, you'll go to heaven. It's okay. Like, if you're living a good life, you'll go to heaven. So repent first and then go to the Holy Land. But if you go, we're used to thinking of the birth of Christ like this. And I love our nativity scene we have here at Lord's. But brothers and sisters, I've been there. Jesus Christ was born in a cave. In Bethlehem, they, they didn't build stables like that. They kept their livestock in a, a series of caves on a hillside in the town. The Son of God was born in a cave. And for the New Testament and for us as Christians, that is a symbolic reality. It points to something greater. And that reality is that the world doesn't have a place for God. The world does not have a place for God. We are too busy with other things. In fact, we'd rather be God ourselves. And here's my simple challenge. I hope this morning this gets you thinking a little bit. The deeper questions. Don't abandon the deeper questions. What's the purpose of my life? But this morning, the early Christians understood that Jesus being born in a cave 
is that there's no room for God. And my question for you is, is there room for God in your life? Do you have space for him? Last night we sang joy to the world, and I was processing out, and joy to the world says, let every heart prepare him room. Is there room in your heart for Jesus Christ? Or do you just have other things that are more important? The joy of Christmas for us who have faith. Faith happens when you have room for God in your life. And the real joy of Christmas isn't a nostalgic memory of your childhood. The joy of Christmas is that my life is not meaningless. It has purpose. It has direction. It is resting upon a God who loves me, who is truth himself, and who broke into our world and into my life to save me. So if you have faith, brothers and sisters, if there's room in your heart for God, rejoice. Today is the day of your salvation.